Ladies and gentlemen, my name is Scott. Hey, yo. Is that his younger brother? It's gonna be Jeff. The cream rise to the top for oh, you. Yeah. And you're listening to all of the great action figures from our good friends at Hasbro. The fully postable. Have your own WrestleMania with all your favorite figures. Wrestling figure. He sold separately from LJN. Podcast. And we are the Mount Rushmore of professional <laughs> wrestling. Hey, welcome to episode 314 of the Fully Posable Wrestling Figure Podcast. Longest running episodic wrestling figure podcast going today. My name is Jeff and sitting alongside next to me is my real life brother, not storyline brother, Scott. Scott, say hello. Hello. Scott, what's going on, dude? Well, I I actually have an omission on myself from last week. Is this something to do with the Aquanet Minute? Uh, no, it is not, but we will be getting to that in just a few minutes. Okay. Spoiler alert. But uh, I forgot to wish my oldest daughter a very, very happy 21st birthday. Shame oh. on me. Shame. Shame. So I'm a week late. Luckily, I did call her the day of her birthday, but I always like to do it on the show too. Not that she's listening. She's not into wrestling figures, unfortunately. But yeah, I just wanted to wish my oldest a happy 21st birthday. I know she's not listening, but man... How old am I, dude? With a 21-year-old. That's crazy. That's messed up, dude. Yeah. It, it was great, though. She sent me a picture the day of her birthday because she went to Disneyland with her boyfriend. And she sent me a picture at 9.30 in the morning. And she was like, hey, Dad, got my first drink. And it was a picture of her holding the drink from Pim's something or other. That was the the little restaurant next to the Spider-Man ride in DCA, Disney California mm-hmm. Adventure. Mm-hmm. Drink in hand, 9.30. I was like, that's my kid. Well, no, no, no. I'm not talking about shame about you. I'm talking about shame of her not liking wrestling figures. That's messed up, dude. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I know. That's I messed know. up. She doesn't like Kiss. She doesn't even like hair metal. She doesn't what? like wrestling figures. She doesn't even like wrestling. Is she even your kid? We might have to do a paternity test here. <laughs> Where's Maury? Get Maury. She- she does love some Taco Bell, though. So there's hope that she's mine. <laughs> Most likely mine. But yeah, I just wanted to wish Alana a very, very happy 21st birthday. It was the 15th, so I'm just a little late. I should have done it last week. But aside from that, Jeff, I got my Wasp tickets. December 9th, the Regency, San Francisco. Going to go see the nastiest of the hair metal bands. Cannot wait. I'm going to try to get front row. I got general admission. So, uh, Eddie, my co-partner or co-host on uh, Drunk Wrestling History, we're going to go crazy at Wasp. Like I said, I'm hoping to get front row, just like storm the stage, be right in front of Blackie Lawless, just rocking out. Cannot wait. And on that note, we're going to get into the Aquanet Minute this week. And in honor of Wasp, side note, Steve, Steve Hoker, I will be getting to your suggestion next week. So you already know what the Aquanet Minute is for next week, but none of the rest of you do. But the Aquanet Minute for this week, in honor of Wasp, we're doing their live album from 87, Live in the Raw. Check it out, and you'll hear why they are the nastiest band in hair metal. They're incredible. Go check that one out. We're going to go see Ghost on Tuesday night in Reno. Ooh. So that'll be fun. Shannon's got a meet and greet with Papa, or whatever he's calling himself on this tour. I'm not a huge ghost nut like Shannon is. She's probably going to hit me for this, but she's got a meet and greet with Papa. 
uh, there's going to be a barrier between Papa and the people that are meeting him. So there's no chance of Shannon stepping on his foot this time. <laughs> so there will be no stepping on foot streak. Apparently that it will not be a thing. So she's getting her meet and greet on. I'll get to see a killer concert. We're going to go to Reno for a couple days. It'll be a blast. So anyway, good things coming up. Super good things. And uh, you've got me the last figure in the Masters of the Universe Revelation series that I'll be buying. Yes. You hooked me up with an evil Lynn. That is the exclamation point on my Motu collection. So thank you for that. Until until the next series. No, no, absolutely. Well, okay, hold on. <laughs> they are doing Fisto. And I did say, if they make Fisto, I'll make an exception. Needs a caption bubble that says, I'm going to fist them. <laughs> well done. <laughs> I tried hard, He-Man, but I couldn't fist them all. <laughs> Don't worry, Fisto. You tried your best. So I have a feeling that you will be getting more of those Revelation figures whenever the next series comes out. I can't. So I've seen the Triclops. I've seen the Trap Jaw. They're like the deluxe figures because they come with some extra accessories. I'm going to pass on those, but I think Fisto will be the last one. He was like the one that we always joke about Fisto, right? He's kind of the one I have to have. And they just came out with them. So he'll be the exclamation point on my Motu collection and end of story. That's it. No more He-Man figures. Well, you need Battle Cat, especially since he's 50% off. No, 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 no Battle Cat. You need Battle Cat. I do not need stop. See, you're supposed to try to talk me out of things, not get me to spend more money, Jeff. Didn't you just do this to me? Well, that's different. (laughs) It's different. I'm the influencer, apparently, not you. You need Battle Cat, dude. (laughs) Stop it. It's Dude, 50% off. Come on now. No, stop. No Battle Cat. And then this will complete until you get Fisto. And you could always have He-Man from the Revelations riding Battle Cat. It will look great in the Detolf when we get over to Ikea to thoughts and prayers if they have them, but... Well, it's better than He-Man riding Fisto. Oh, boy. We're already working blue tonight on episode 314. Sounds painful. If anybody would like to get any of our shirts, head on over to Pro Wrestling Tees or whatamaneuver.net. You can follow us on Twitter, YouTube, Snapchat, and the Book of Faces at Fully Opposable, Instagram, Fully Opposable, WF. P, you can go back and listen to any of our past podcasts on Podbean, Stitcher, iTunes, iHeartRadio, and Spotify. Please rate and review on iTunes. You can send us any audio questions, questions, or anything else at all. Send it on over to WFP at gmail.com. Scott, you got to do the reads again one time. For what? Just do the beginning. Oh, no. <laughs> Absolutely not. I got so much crap from you guys the last time I did it. Yeah. It was awesome. No, oh. no. <laughs> it was awesome. Yeah, now it's awesome that you want me to do it again. Before <laughs> it was like the worst thing you'd ever heard. <laughs> it was pretty bad, but it was awesome because you had your phone in front of you. I did. Well, I had to read it because I would have screwed up otherwise. <laughs> You've been doing it for 300 plus episodes. I've done it like twice. Oh, it's still so funny. I'm retired. Dude, we went to Stockton Con this past week. What a lot of fun it is, man. It really is. I'm excited for Load Icon. That's going to be in just a few months. That's coming up in May. Darby Allen is a confirmed guest so far. I'm sure he'll have a couple more people there. Uh, August, Stockton Con, their summer session, right around the corner, of course. Years just fly by now. So August will be here before we know it. So I'm super excited about that already because we had such a blast at Stockton Con, the winter session. And yeah, we met, uh, let's see, Tyler Breeze, Fandango, 
Rikishi, and Penta. And it would have been Darby Allen as well, but he canceled, but he will be at Load Icon. So it was just a great time. And everybody was so great. It didn't start off that way with Rikishi, but it was like that Tosh.0 redemption where by the end of the con, like we were totally cool with Rikishi again. But <laughs> all in all, it was a great time. It seems like there's a lot more anime stuff invading the con. So the vendor tables, you had your share of old stuff, new stuff, but there was a ton of anime. I was almost putting it on par, especially Artist Alley, like out on the concourse. Yeah. That was almost all anime. And even in the the main part where they had all of the vendor tables, a lot of that was anime too, man. It's starting to really take over. It really is. Like anime is huge right now. Uh, You mentioned about Rikishi, so might as well get into that story. Do you want me to do it or you want to do it? No, go for it. It was your figure or figure and a case. So we pre-ordered the, I should say, I pre-ordered the Rikishi combo. It was a photo and autograph. So I get up to the line. Scott helps me out. I get all settled. I grab the Rikishi figure and I grab the card case that I'm going to put Fatu, the Hasbro inside. And I get up to the line and the guy looks and he goes, okay, what you got? And I said, I've got two combos, photo, auto. And he goes, okay, are you getting those signed? And I was like, yeah. He goes, those are extra up at the table. And I'm like, wait, what? And he goes, yeah, the those that you want signed are extra up at the table. And I said, but it doesn't say it on the ticket. There's nothing stating that I can't bring a figure and this up card case up to the table. And he goes, yeah, that's going to be extra. And I said, what's part of the auto? And he points up to Rikishi's photos. And I said, well... Um, I don't know if I'll be back. And he goes, okay. So I walk back over, tell Scott and Scott gets into what's a good angry Scott. I I shouldn't say angry. What's a determined Scott's name for you? Hmm. I'm uh, Sasquat. (laughs) Perfect. So Scott goes into Sasquat mode (laughs) (laughs) And he goes, dude, we got to talk to somebody. And I, I was, I'm not one to complain usually, but as much as I spent on the combo, I was like, yeah, I think you're right on this one. Well, look, you, let's be perfectly clear. You paid $80 for two signatures. You didn't care about the photo. I mean, it would have been cool to get a picture with Rikishi, whatever. It was part of the package. So you did it, but you paid essentially $80 for two autographs. Right. So we go down, we think we see the information desk. It ends up being the weapons desk. Yeah, you were about to talk to the weapons check people about your Rikishi adventures. I don't think they were going to give a shit, dude. I wanted anybody that would listen to me at that moment. (laughs) Somebody listen, please. So anyways, we get bounced around a couple of times. Uh, Everybody at Stockton Con is so nice to help. So no problem there. So finally... We find they point us over in the direction. We tell them what's going on. They actually bring out uh, the gentleman that runs Stockton Con, and he says, "Okay, what's going on?" And I tell him the story, and he goes, "Okay, send me an email tomorrow, and I'll make sure you get refunded." Easy as that. Easy as that. It was that simple. And I, for some reason in my head, I thought he said I would get refunded that day, but I was going to have to send him an email. So I'm getting situated. And I look up and the gentleman is walking up the steps. And I was like, okay, I wonder if he's going to Rikishi's 
table but i look over at scott and i say okay let's go walk the floor you know because on the ice rink where the minor league hockey team plays that's where all the vendors were with toys and everything and also penta tyler breeze and fandango weren't there yet rikishi was the only other autograph that correct was there at the moment so scott and i are walking the floor um, there was a lot of wrestling figures, but it was a lot of current stuff. There was no LJNs, no Remcos, no Galoobs, no Hasbros, no nothing. It seemed like it was a lot of AEW Mattel stuff. Yes, you did have a few people that had jacks, but yes, you're right. Yes. The the inclusion of the real retro stuff, like you said, the Galoobs, the, the Remcos, LJN, Hasbro, there was really none of that. I mean, you may have seen a loose Hasbro here or there, but... You know, it, it, we're not talking like an evil crush or a one, two, three kid or even a mail away. It wasn't anything to write home about. But if you were looking for current product, there was certainly plenty of that. And there was one guy that had Rio one of, was that the one of 500 or one of 1,000 for Series 3? Or one of 300, whatever it was. He had the Chase Riho. Right. He had the variant Riho. So it was a lot of current day stuff. The only thing that I was tempted by... Scott and I were walking the floor and somebody had the Mayfex Michael Jordan Team USA figure, which I don't have. And I ended up passing because I got the original Chicago Bulls Michael Jordan look Mayfex figure. We're walking the floor. There's a guy that had it for 90 bucks. Now, kind of give you guys an idea. This figure usually goes for about anywhere from 125 to 145. This guy had it for 90 and Scott even pointed it out. He's like, dude, they got the Team USA Michael Jordan Mayfex. And I had seen it for what I think I mentioned it on last or the previous week's show. I saw that for 145 at SAC Anime. So that immediately was a huge discount. Exactly. And I looked at it and I was like, oh man, I want it. But let's walk around a little bit more. So we walk around, didn't see anything that we wanted. And there was one wrestling booth that seemed to be pretty high in price yeah there was one wrestling booth specifically that was nothing but wrestling figures but it seemed like they were a little bit higher in price uh for what they were selling so anyway scott and i walk around and we didn't buy anything we walked upstairs and brizango was right there so we jumped in line for brizango and we finally get up to them after about 10 minutes in line 15 minutes in line yeah, it wasn't too bad. Really, the holdup was people uh, doing cash transactions. We had pre-purchased everything. Right. So unfortunately, there was no cutsies. It wasn't right. like two separate lines because they were kind of off to the side of where they had like the main events. The main events were Rikishi and Penta. Tyler and Fandango were kind of off on the other alley. So there was kind of a line forming in the middle of that alley for uh, Brizango. And like you said, Jeff, credit to them, their line. We did wait for about 15 minutes. And they were taking their time with each person, too. That was really cool. They uh, really did, yeah. Before we get into the Brizango story, other people that was there, Ed Furlong from Terminator 2. Nah, Ed Furlong from Detroit Rock City. <laughs> Ed Furlong did not look good, man. Anyways. <laughs> oh, boy. The butler from Fresh Prince of Bel-Air was there. Yes, he was. The voice of April O'Neil from the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles cartoon was there and as well. she was signing figures of April O'Neil, which I love that. I think that that's so cool. That was really cool. So those were some notable names that were there. So we get up to Brizango. By the way, thank you for helping me with all those figures that I brought. Well, I only had two. So it made it real simple. You're the one with the duffel bag. And I'm like, 
I've got a grocery bag with two figures in it. Like, <laughs> dude, it was the least I could do was help you because you are managing quite a bit there. So we get up to Tyler Breeze because he was first. And uh, he said something about the Mattel figure. And I was like, did you collect when you were younger? He goes, no, but right now I'm collecting a lot of Mike Tyson stuff. And I go, have you seen the Mike Tyson Storm collectibles? And Tyler kind of looks at me like, what? What's this? So I start telling him about Mike Tyson's Storm collectible figures. And he's like, I need to check these out. And meanwhile, I'm standing there talking to Tyler Breeze. And Fandango's just kind of standing there just like, all right, you got stuff for me? (laughs) He's like, you nerds. (laughs) (laughs) Talking about Mike Tyson Storm collectibles. But I had three figures for Fandango to sign, and I put those down. Little sidebar, did you see all the stuff that was on Tyler Breeze's table, Scott? They had the Fashion Police tickets. Oh, they did? I, I didn't see that. I was just looking at all the cool shirts he had. So our buddy Cody that was there, he picked up one of the tickets, because you know how, and they both signed it, too. Nice. I was like, oh, damn it. So I hand the stuff off to Fandango to get signed, too. Just talking to Fandango for a bit. Then they start to tell you about the stuff that they wanted to go on their figures. But unfortunately, due to licensing and IP, was not possible. What were some of those things, Scott? Well, I remember Tyler telling us about specifically the elites that you and I both got signed. The fashion police ones. The fashion police ones. They were trying to be as outrageous as possible with those outfits. (laughs) So Tyler went on to Amazon and typed into the search bar, stripper cop. <laughs> what you see on those elite figures is the result of Tyler and Fandango both spending $10 on Amazon for what was in the description as stripper cop. <laughs> that became a wrestling figure. We made sure we asked him, is it cool if we tell that story on the pod? And they were like, fire away. So there it is. <laughs> Exclusive that the elites... Fashion police are stripper cops. Tyler was really complimentary of Mattel. He's like, dude, these are some of the best figures. And he goes, look at the selfie stick. He, and I was like, how crazy is it that they got a selfie stick with your figure? He goes, I know it's so great, isn't it? And I was like, can you imagine all the tooling that went to it? And he kind of looked at me and laughed. <laughs> but another cool thing was we were standing in line and Scott goes, you have a photo, right? And I was like, yeah. And he, you're all, hey, wouldn't it be cool if Tyler took a selfie and I'm like, Oh my God, did somebody do that? And you're all, no, I just thought of it. I was like, Oh, that's brilliant. So we get up to Tyler and I was like, Hey dude, would you be willing to take a picture uh, of you doing the selfie? And he's all, yeah, where's the phone? And so I snuck in and they're like, Hey, are you in it? And I was like, Scott, you can get in it. I was like, come on, Scott. And you're like, can I get in it? And they're like, yeah, come on, dude. That was exactly like the Hardy Boy story. It was crazy how it worked out. It was so eerily similar. Yeah, it came out so good, but it was shocking to me with as many wrestling fans that were in line in front of us. Nobody had Tyler take a selfie. Like that literally was his whole gimmick was the selfie stick thing. It was showing on the Titan Tron when he'd come out. Like that was his (laughs) thing. And nobody, everybody was like a straight on picture with Tyler. And I'm standing there like, Dude, we've got to do a selfie with Tyler. Yeah. Everybody was doing the picture of like handing their phone off to the handler or whatever it may be. And sure enough, Tyler was like, yeah, I'll take a selfie. And uh, dude, it came out great. I love that picture. 
Yeah, it really did. Um, It's been a long time since we've met a, a wrestler or two that have really just seemed so genuine and were so nice to spend time with their fans. If anybody has any Fashion Police figures, any Tyler Breeze TNF figures, Fandango figures, please support them. Go up to their table next time they're at a con or if they're at an indie show or whatever it may be, please support them. They were so cool, man. They were awesome. And Jeff, you pointed this out because I kind of missed it. It was a conversation you were having with Fandango, if you want to talk about that. So right as I was kind of gathering all the figures that I had, because I had a total of five figures, two for Tyler, three from Fandango. Uh, One of those figures was for GBM as a thank you for sending that figure over to me, like I mentioned last week. But as I was kind of gathering everything, Fandango looked at me and he goes, hey, you know what? Thank you so much for the support, guys. That really means a lot. The way he said it was so genuine. And I was like, dude, it's no problem. You know, we're more than happy to do it. And he goes, thank you. Like, it was so genuine the way he said it. Yeah, it wasn't forced or fake or anything. It was just, like you said, genuine. Support them any way you guys can. Go up to their merch table. Tyler's got a bunch of t-shirts. Fandango's got 8x10s. Whatever you guys do, if they're at an indie show, if they're at a con, please go support them, man. Honestly, it it really helped make Stockton Con a special day, I guess you could say. Yeah, no, it really did. Um, and I guess we should talk about what color paint pen we used. Are the autographs any good on those figures? So we just decided to go hot pink on all the figures, dude. <laughs> yeah, we're standing in line like a couple of dorks talking about what color is going to look best on the elite packages. <laughs> <laughs> Weird conversation for a couple of dudes to be having, especially dudes our age, I guess. But that's that's part of the whole process and experience. Um, and we're kind of going through different colors and... Somehow we just, hot pink ended up being a full run on all of your Fandango and Tyler Breeze and the two I had. So it was a full run on that hot pink color and it came out great. Anyways, enough gushing about Breezango. It was a, it was just a lot of fun. They were really, really cool dudes. Well, one thing to note when you meet Tyler, he will, on your figure, he will sign it Prince Pretty and then he'll sign Tyler Breeze. Fandango's signature is on the smaller side. It's a it's clearly an F to start, and then it's kind of a line after that. I'm going to say it's still better than a DA on a package. <laughs> or or a, the letter V. Way better than that. Then we get in the line for Penta. I had two figures for Penta. One for my buddy Norm to get signed. Or I should say one that I was getting signed for my buddy Norm. And then my boss fight figure got up to Penta And Scott, I'll have you go into the story afterwards, but got in line for Penta. Penta was so cool. It was hella funny. I walk up and I had two autograph tickets. I put the figures down. He signs both figures. The Unrivaled Series 2 was signed in a kind of like a a greenish paint pen. Seafoam, Jeff. Seafoam. Thank you very much. That one's going to Norm. The boss fight was signed in a blue that came out great. The sky blue that I always rave about. But anyways, Penta looks at me and he goes, do you want to take a picture? And I'm like, now this is the devil and the angel on my shoulders. And I'm like, okay, well, let's point out before you tell people what route you went. Penta had three handlers. Yes. None of which were paying attention to the interaction. Correct. So Penta goes, do you want a picture? And it was one of those moments like, 
I could totally sneak in for a picture, just flip open my, my flip open, <laughs> pop open my phone and shake a picture real quick. And <laughs> you, you don't have a flip phone. Stop lying to the listeners, Jeff. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> so I said, I didn't pay for a picture. I appreciate it though. And I grabbed the figures and left because it's one of those, like I would have felt so guilty because of, I could easily snuck a free picture in. But I would have felt absolutely horrible and guilty about it. Well, I'm going to flip the story on you a little bit. What's that? Word on the street is that Penta is a huge fan of the Fully Posable Wrestling Figure Podcast. Allegedly. And he wanted a picture with you. And you big-timed him. Yeah. um, I told him, I said, hey, thanks, man. Uh, That's going to be 20 bucks. (laughs) But I also have a uh, handler fee, which is my brother over there. You got to take a picture with him as well. So that's actually, it's going to be 60 bucks. And he's like, Oh, that's too much. I was like, I agree. It went something like that. We're paraphrasing. Yeah. I think it was like something similar like that. Yeah. <laughs> allegedly. 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 <laughs> so Sasquatch was still in determination mode. Yes. I, I certainly was like every time we walked by Rikishi and I kept mentioning it to you. Yes. Like it was it, bothering me. Cause I knew it was bothering you. Like, Okay, dude, you just banked 80 bucks from not doing the Rikishi autograph, so you could buy that Jordan figure, right? Correct. Or we could just go ask Rikishi how much to sign the figures. Correct. Well, actually, before we get into the Rikishi thing, let's talk about the uh, kid that got the mask. Oh, right. So you're getting Penta's autograph, and I'm kind of waiting off to the side. You get the Penta signatures. And we go back by the wall and you're letting the paint pens dry and we're, we're just kind of chit-chatting. And you went to go do something. I forget what it was. I think it was to talk to Cody. Okay. So a dude comes up and he's looking at your Penta boss fight figure. And now I'm kind of watching him because he's looking at the figure and he's kind of looking at... Because he, he had someone in line that was meeting Penta. That'll come up in a little bit. And he's kind of looking at your uh, your Penta figure and he starts talking to me. And he was like, yeah, I got the Ray Phoenix at the last Stockton Con. He goes, but I'm looking for that Penta. And he, he's kind of motioning to your boss fight. So now I'm really watching the dude like, yeah, you're not going to run off with this thing, are you? But <laughs> he was really cool. We're having a conversation. Turns out the person that was meeting Penta was his brother. So I'm talking to him and you and Cody kind of come over to me and the dude I was talking to goes to see his brother in line with Penta because he's now meeting Penta and you and I and Cody and Landon are chit-chatting and the guy that I was talking to and his brother now come over and are standing next to us or the the guy that I was talking to originally brother's still talking to Penta the guy that was talking to originally comes walks by and he's holding one of Penta's masks now just to let you guys know at Penta's table he had a bunch of merch there including his AEW figure. But he was also selling his masks. His masks were $300 a pop. And he had a 49ers George Kittle mask. He had his Joker mask. And he had one other mask. And they were 300 bucks. I didn't know that when Jeff went up in line. But I found out when the dude that I was talking to came back over and stood next to us. And he was holding the Penta 49ers mask. And now he has our full attention. We're like, dude, that is awesome. And he shows us that Penta signed it. And he was like, yeah, he goes, my brother just bought this for me for my birthday. And we're like, oh, dude, that is awesome. And he's like, I'm not going to lie. I think I might get a little emotional here. And he did like, he actually got emotional. He's like, this means a lot to me. 
because Penta is the reason I got back into wrestling after being out of it for so long. Like I'm watching wrestling again because of Penta. So this means the world to me. In addition to that, it came from his brother. So now his brother walks over and we're chatting with them. Couldn't have been nicer, man. Just two great guys. And the brother was like, I had to get it for him because he started watching because of Penta. I started watching because of him. Now he's motioning to his brother. He's like, I got back into wrestling because he got me back into it. And we both love Penta. And dude, from like a couple of brothers to a couple of brothers, like real life brothers, right? Like that gets you. It was awesome. It was such a cool moment to be a part of just to see that true fandom and really like what wrestling can mean to somebody, especially when you're, when you're celebrating the whole thing with your sibling. Oh, it was, it was amazing, dude. And it was such a touching moment. It was probably my favorite moment from Stockton con. So the backstory to that 49er mask was Penta was planning on wearing that if the 49ers won the Super Bowl back in 20, actually the beginning of 2020 when they faced the Chiefs. Penta was going to wear that during the parade. It was a George Kittle, San Francisco 49ers Kittle mask. was. Kittle was going to wear it. Oh, Kittle was going to. That's, that's right. Sorry. Kittle was going to wear it. Well, Niners lost to the Chiefs. We all know that. No parade. So Penta had that mask on his table. Perfect because he's kind of close to San Francisco, you know, about an hour and a half away. And it was the day of the game against the Cowboys. Yep. So you knew you had some 49er fans. On top of that, the kid that got the mask from his brother is a huge 49er fan. By the time we got done talking to them, the Joker mask had sold and the 49er mask, which we just talked about, was sold. There was only one mask left on his table. That was it. Yep. Yep. So, I mean, right there with it, because both masks were there when we walked up. And by the time we were done talking to them, obviously the 49er mask had gone, the Joker mask had gone. That was a quick 600 bucks, man. I know. Dude, we got to sell masks, man. (laughs) Yeah, but definitely worth every penny. Like when he brought that mask over, you could see the workmanship that was on it. Like that thing was sweet. No, dude, we need fully posable luchador masks. Agree. All right, let's make We'll just get a bunch of Super Dragon masks and just slap our logo on the side. (laughs) Just get some stickers. (laughs) I'm sorry, but the Super Dragon mask is the best wrestling mask of all time. Panta's close though. Yes. My opinion, Super Dragon, best wrestling mask. Okay, now really quick, let's go back to Sasquatch. <laughs> so Sasquatch is still determined. And as I'm getting situated with all the figures, Sasquatch heads up to Rikishi's table. Because I kept saying, like, what is he charging for a signature? But by this point, you were like, I'm burned. I'm pissed. I'm not getting Rikishi's autograph. Forget it. I'm just going to get my refund. And I'm like, I'm like five feet away from the, the handler guy. And I go, I'm just going to go ask him. And so I walk away from it. I don't let you talk me out of it. I just go up and ask him. <laughs> Here's the thing is, was I pissed? No, I wasn't going to let that ruin my day because I always look forward to Stockton Con and Lodi Con because it's like a special day. You know, I get to hang out with you and we got toys all around us and we get autographs. So it's something, it's like a special day. I wasn't going to let that affect me. Was I burned? Yeah. But as I said, I wasn't going to let it affect me. So anyways, you walk up and what did you say to them? So I, the handler was actually talking to somebody when I went up. So I waited for them to finish. And he asked if he could help me. And I go, yeah, what is Rikishi charging for an autograph on figures? And I think he recognized me. And I was—I happened to be holding the autograph papers from Fandango still. He thought it was Rikishi autographs. He's like, oh, did I talk to you earlier about Rikishi's autograph? And I go, well, you talked to my brother, but you told him that there was a separate charge for the figures. He goes, look, huge misunderstanding on, on our part. Tell him to get back in line. And I was like, oh, 
Rikishi was sitting there and overheard our conversation. He looks over to me and he goes, big misunderstanding, bro. Get back in line. We'll take care of you. We got you. And I was like, oh, damn. Okay. So I ran back over to you and I'm like, dude, go get in line. They're going to take care of you. So I jump back in line. I'm holding the two tickets and the guy looks at me and he goes, okay, I need to know that you didn't already get a refund for these two tickets. And I said, look, man, I talked to the the guy that, you know, handles StocktonCon. He told me to send him an email to get a refund, which I haven't done because I've been running around StocktonCon. I was going to do it tomorrow, but if we can make this right, no email is going to be sent. I won't send an email. You know, we sign the stuff, get the picture, and we bounce. That's it. And the guy kind of looked at me like, I still am not sure about this. And I said, look, man, I don't know how to prove to you that I didn't send an email to the guy, but I didn't. So I don't know how to prove that to you, unfortunately, but I still have the tickets. I still am not going to send an email if we make this right. And the guy goes, okay. So I walk up and I hand the two tickets to Rikishi's handler. Rikishi looks at me and goes, you're the guy with the figures. And I said, yeah. And he goes, look, man, I apologize to you. He goes, usually the figures are special. They, uh, there's a separate charge. I only sell them on a website or something like that. And I said, it's all good, man. I said, it's, you know, I just want to sign the stuff. And I said, no problem, man. And he goes, okay, we're good. And I said, yeah, we're good. He goes, okay. And what are you getting signed? And I said, I have the figure. And then I have this, the card case. And he goes, okay, and you want the figure signed? I was like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> and so he looks over at his handler and he goes, is he good? And she goes, yeah, he's got two autographs and two photos, two combos. And he goes, okay, so I'm going to sign the figure and then I'm going to sign this. And I was like, yeah, it's a card case. Can you sign Fatu on that? And he goes, okay, so I'll sign these two things and then we're good. I was like, yes, we're good, dude. <laughs> like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but that, that just shows his character, right? Like he wants to make sure that you're cool. Yeah, 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 exactly. So he goes, okay, what do you want me to sign on this, on the card case? By the way, Rikishi's autograph on the Hall of Champions figure in a yellow. Oh, magnifique, dude. Ah, look yeah. good. Look Chef's great. Chef's kiss. Outstanding. Yellow is definitely, if you're going to meet Rikishi and get that figure signed, yellow paint. Trust us. So he signed Fatu on the card case, and then he also put Tag Champs on there. Yep. I was like, oh, that's awesome. So we lean in for the picture. He puts up the figure. We take the picture, and he goes, okay, now we're good. And I'm like, oh, my God, dude, yes, we're good. <laughs> everything's good. Dude. We're all square, you know, and I, I won't send an email. Everything's fine. Thank you, you know, so much. Yeah, what a guy, dude. He just wanted to make sure you were happy, that it was a good transaction, and he went out of his way to make sure you were happy. Right, right. So Stockton Con was a, a blast, dude. We kind of rounded out. We were also looking for a Moon Knight figure for Norm, a Marvel Legends Moon Knight figure that's in white packaging or something like that. Right. And so I asked Scott, I said, can we just run the floor one more time just to see if we overlooked the Moon Knight figure the first time? And you were like, yeah. And then you're all, yeah, we can also go see if the Jordan's there. And I'm like, yes, we can go see if the Jordan's there. And so if it's meant to be, it'll right. still be there. So we go back down, the Jordan's gone. And I was like, okay, I just saved myself 90 bucks. <laughs> but you didn't go home with the USA Jordan. I didn't go home with the Team USA Jordan, but it's okay. Which another booth had a bunch of sideshow collectibles and Mayfex figures. Yeah, Mezco. Yeah. Yeah, they had the Michael Jordan Team USA figure for 145. 
And I think that was the same dude I had seen at Saki Anime. Because he had like the same selection of the Mezco and Mafex figures. So I think it was that same guy. So yeah, right there, boom, $55 upcharge. So anyways, great time at Stockton Con. Always have a blast at those. Lodi Con, Stockton Con, I always have a blast. So it's same here. And it's always a fun day. We end up with lunch. We had some killer Indian food after the fact. And oh, it was amazing. Oh, yeah, that Indian food is on point, dude. Yeah, if you're ever in Tracy, California, make it a what? point to go to Daba. They have amazing food. What's in Tracy? Me. You make Tracy. I really do. Uh, Scott, real quick before we jump into the news, we actually got a lot of uh, talk regarding the WrestleMania special gear that we were talking about last week. Oh, right. Yes. Where we said uh, technically it would be Savage and Warrior at seven. Yes. So Todd Hess on Twitter said that Bobby Heenan's suit from WrestleMania three was technically special WrestleMania gear. Brilliant. So we never thought about managers. Correct. That didn't even enter into the conversation. So when you had sent me that earlier in the week that uh, somebody had actually sent in about Heenan, I go, dude, brilliant. Todd also mentioned Roddy Piper's WrestleMania 2 boxing, which is kind of, I see where he was going with it, but I would definitely 100% agree with him about Heenan having special WrestleMania outfit. Completely. But then it got me thinking, what did Jimmy Hart wear at three? Because Jimmy Hart would have come out before Heenan. Didn't Jimmy just wear his normal... I don't remember. I don't know if he had like a special jacket or whatever. Senator Porcupine or Luis Rivera, he said that Rick Rude at WrestleMania 4 and 5 had special gear, to which I kind of had to have a rebuttal about that one because there was no different than Rick Rude wearing special tights at WrestleMania 4 or 5. Or even at SummerSlam with, I think he had JYD on his tights. Something like that, yeah. Then him beating up Bob Hardy on Saturday mornings wrestling. He he technically had special gear every time he walked out. He did. Yeah. And sometimes it had the intercontinental title on it, but I mean, Stone Cold Porcupine isn't wrong at all because Rick Rude did have special tights at, at WrestleMania for sure, but he also had them at other pay-per-views, but man, that's, that's a good argument though. I can kind of see, I can kind of see where he's coming from on that. Yeah, I'll definitely agree with Todd about his. That was a great call. I think Bobby Heenan might be the first one. I think he's right. I never even considered managers, so to me, that's brilliant. I'm going to go with Bobby Heenan at three. Scott, we have to get into the news. What do you say? Let's do it. Oh, you going to learn today. Scott, in the news, Junk Shop Dog showed off their carded Dynamite Kid. They showed that off. Also, sticking with carded, Chella Toys showed off their bone-crunching... Whoops, sorry, bone-crushing. Crushing. Sorry, sorry, you say bone-crunching for 20-something years, it kind of sticks. It's like flushing <laughs> yeah. the toilet, you know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So anyways, they also showed off their bone-crushing carding which is very similar to the bcas of the 90s hitting all those nostalgia feels yeah they are and cella also announced their british wrestling icon series cella said this line will celebrate the deep history of british wrestling and will include some of our favorite world of sport icons so british wrestling um david taylor steven regal 
do you have uh, the general manager's papers there on your desk, Jeff? The general manager? Um, no, I don't. For their statement on uh, whether or not a figure will be made? Oh, 80s paper, where are you? Where is? Oh, 80s? I'm sorry, 80s paper, not general manager's paper. Where is 80s paper? <clears throat> Technically, 80s paper could be any piece of paper, but... <laughs> <laughs> it's specifically a piece of paper that is shaken and then read from. It's specifically episode 280-something piece of paper. Here, there's this. Mark. Not that. Oh, not that? Put that That, away. That's not 80s paper? Get out of here. Security. (laughs) This man's in here with an illegal button. (laughs) Illegal button? It's not authorized. It's like the weapons check at StocktonCon. (laughs) Yes. Fully Posable needs a illegal button check. (laughs) <laughs> and the mark button would be included on that list <clears throat> no sir you're not allowed in the building that's so funny i i was gonna go talk to the weapons people <laughs> about repeat. yeah sir do you have an axe to check or <laughs> did you remember when we were walking up and they do a security check when you go to walk into stockton con and any bags that you might have you have to put it up on the table and then they have to kind of sift through it yeah root through it make sure you're not smuggling in anything so I opened up the bag and I was all, nothing to see here. You know, just a regular 43-year-old guy with a bunch of toys. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> He's like, just like all the other nerds, walk through the metal detector, sir. I sound like Officer Barbrady from South Park. Nothing to see here. Nothing to see here. Scott, that rounds out the news. We got to jump into the nostalgia segment. What you say? Let's go talk about it. Before we jump into WWE Elite Series 44 that came out in 2016, we want everyone to head on over to WrestlingFigureDatabase.com. Over there, they have almost every figure ever produced of wrestling figures. So check out Wrestling Figure Database. And what we want you guys to do is head on over to the WWE section, find the Elite section, go over to Elite Mainline, and scroll down to Elite 44 and follow along while Scott reads off this list. Again, WrestlingFigureDatabase.com. All right, dude, what you got for Elite Series 44? Yes, sir. Mattel, WWE Elite Series 44 consisted of Tugboat. And Tugboat came with hat! Exclamation point. Sailor hat. Sailor hat. But the, the packaging was hilarious because it said Hat. <laughs> exclamation point not stripper cop hat that are on the no. fashion police yeah and we know that tugboat did not buy that hat off of amazon because <laughs> amazon wasn't around back then not quite yet and <laughs> what i liked about the packaging too jeff is in the upper right hand corner like basically like on the peg or on the the strip where you would hang it on the peg mm-hmm. it had the logo of either what show they were on or if they were a legend it was the old ww logo to look like the WWF, but it was WW instead because you yep. got to get the F out, you know? Yeah, they actually started doing that, this carding, because, and actually I'm glad you brought this up, when they switched over to this packaging, if you notice on the 123 Kid, he's got the old WWF logo. Yeah. And so do the Nasty Boys, so do Brett. So, yeah, I'm glad you brought this up. I had totally forgotten all about that. So thank you for bringing that up. 
Yeah, kind of a neat touch. And then whatever, you know, if it was Sasha Banks, for example, which, spoiler alert, she's coming up here, they would have Raw in the upper right because at the time the figure was released, she was on the Raw roster. So kind yep. of a cool touch. It told you basically which roster they were on. Yep. Next up, Sin Cara. And Sin Cara was in his black, pink, and silver tights with the mask to match. White boots and was packaged with a silver and pink entrance vest. Next up, Sasha Banks. There it is. She was in her white and orange gear. Came with an entrance jacket, sunglasses, and jewelry. Next up, the great Macho Man. He was in his red and yellow Ultimate Maniacs gear. He came with an Ultimate Maniacs entrance shirt, hat, and sunglasses, all matching, of course. Next up, Braun Strowman. He was in brown pants and a black tank top and was packaged with a black sheet mask. This would have been uh, early, early Braun Strowman when the Wyatt family introduced him. Last, but certainly not least, Big E. Big E had gear to match Kofi and Xavier from previous Elite series. And he was packaged with a long entrance jacket to match his blue and white gear. And Jeff, that rounds out Mattel WWE Elite Series 44. What did you think of this series? This series, I think, was strong. I loved the inclusion of Tugboat. Outstanding figure. I thought Tugboat was great. Sin Cara looked really good. Sasha, of course, we've had a lot of discussions about Mattel's difficulties with Sasha. Uh, I can say it's a good thing this figure had the sunglasses on. Uh, <laughs> the Macho Man was just okay. I'm always a fan of Macho Man figures, but not a huge fan of the Ultimate Maniacs. Figure was okay, though. Uh, the Braun Strowman was average. Face sculpt wasn't a huge hit with me. I think they could have done better. I love the Big E. Thought that figure was great. Uh, overall, you know, out of 10, this figure is probably six and a half, seven, somewhere in there. Okay. The Macho Man, this is one Macho Man that was passed because I, like you, wasn't a big fan of the Ultimate Maniacs. And on top of that, in order to complete the Ultimate Maniacs, you had to buy the Defining Moments Ultimate Warrior. And I did not like that Defining Moments Ultimate Warrior. I think they should have flipped it because the Macho Man had more accessories with him. That seemed like more of a Defining Moments figure than the Ultimate Warrior does, which essentially just came with sunglasses. Right. So it, it, it kind of confusing, but you're right. To complete it, you would have had to buy a Defining Moment and an Elite. Yeah, just wasn't a big fan of this Macho Man. Yeah, I'm with you on that. Passed on Sasha, even though it was her first offering of Elite. And dug the accessories, just didn't dig the Sasha Banks figure itself. I hear you. Yeah, and you know, a funny uh, side note on that. I did buy that Sasha. I've always loved Sasha Banks. She's amazing in the ring. I did buy that Elite and ended up getting it signed at her Cricket Wireless signing in Roseville, California, many years ago. And uh, that was actually in Alana's room for a long time. Now, where is it? It's sitting here next to me in the big elite WrestleMania 2 ring, waiting to get hung up somewhere on the wall. And when are you going to start hanging stuff up on the wall? TBD. <laughs> Hasn't it been TBD for over a year now? Yes, it has. But look, I've got a couch. I've got an <laughs> entertainment center. I've got a television. I've got Jason Wolf's Road Warriors boxed up in those card cases you gave me. Yes. It's getting there. It's, it's a process, you see. It's a year and a half long process. Hey, you can't rush perfection, dude. Taco Bell wasn't built in a day. Isn't it Rome wasn't built in a day? To some people. Okay, let's play the game of how many of these figures do I have signed? Ooh, I'm going zero. Dude, great call. Yes, you are correct. I have zero of these signed. I would have actually guessed one, and that would have been Sasha Banks. 
But when you told me you didn't get her, I was like, well, I'm going to guess zero when Jeff asked me the question. You are correct. I have zero of these signed. So I have a question for you. If you ever met Fred Ottman uh-huh. and you got, I'm guessing out of all of his offerings, you would get the Shockmaster signed first. I already have that one signed. Oh, you did? Yes. Did you have him sign it upside down? No, but that's brilliant. Okay. When I meet him, I'm going to get the Shockmaster figure signed upside down. That's a brilliant idea. I'm sure it's been done. I'm, I'm, I'm sure that somebody has already thought of that, but I'm going to have him sign it upside down. By the way, go with his offering because he usually has that Shockmaster figure or he had the Shockmaster figure on his table mm-hmm. and he would sign the Shockmaster WCW and then in a yellow paint pen, sorry, the Shockmaster WCW was in a blue paint pen. The yellow paint pen was used to write Clash of Champions and I forget which number that was. Oh, very nice. So he would use two paint pens. Yep. So I would highly re- I would highly recommend that. Got it. Okay. Yeah, I just know how good that Hacksaw Jim Duggan looks with the multiple paints on it. Yes. And yeah, that's that's a must, dude. That's a great call. I yes. love the the blue and the yellow cuz that was WCW's colors. I dig that. Exactly. All right, Scott, we've got to do the eBay prices. Let's start with Tugboat with his sailor hat, not stripper hat. Hat, exclamation point. <laughs> Last sold eBay listing January 5th for $39.99. Sin Cara with the entrance vest. Last sold eBay listing December 3rd for $60. Sasha Banks with that entrance jacket and glasses. Last sold eBay listing was January 16th for $19.99. Ouch. Macho Man with the Ultimate Maniacs entrance shirt, top hat, and sunglasses. Last sold eBay listing December 28th for $34.99. Braun Strowman with the black sheep mask. Last sold eBay listing January 15th, which was your daughter's birthday that you forgot to wish her on. On the show. On oh. the show. Oh. Last sold eBay listing January 15th for $29.99. And Big E with that long blue and white entrance jacket. Last sold eBay listing was December 27th for 60 bucks. There were two figures that were wow. 60 bucks in there. Yeah. Wow. Big E that much. Okay. A lot of Big E figures, but that one's 60. Okay. Well, the uh, Francesca with Xavier Woods went for 80, 88. You're right. Yeah. But that was Francesca. Yep. So, Scott, we're going to change it up a little bit in the nostalgia segment next week. And we'll surprise you guys next week. We're going to put press the pause button on the Elites. We've, I mean, we've done 44 straight of these, so we're going to hit the pause button right now. And we'll let Mattel get time to start ramping up their elites and start putting out more figures so we have more to talk about in the future. But we're going to surprise you guys next week with the nostalgia segment, and it'll probably go for about two or three weeks. So, But in the meantime, we do have to get in the listener segment. What do you say? Let's go talk to him. And I just want to hear from my people. Tell me, can I hear from my people? I just want to hear from my people, and I just want to listen to the listeners. Starting off the listener segment this week is the great, the good brother himself, GBM. Good brother Mike. Let's see what he's got to say. Hey, what's up, guys? It is your boy, GBM. I just have a listener question for you this week. Uh, I'm not sure if you've touched on it before. If you have, I don't remember, so a little refresher would be nice. I uh, just wondered how you guys feel about sending items in to get graded. Reason I ask is because I was in a stream on whatnot. Jeff, you've recently been introduced to that, so you know what that is. And the guys were selling 
2018 Don Russ football packs. And I bought one for $8. And the guy pulled me a Josh Allen rated rookie. And the guy and people in the chat said the card looked great. The centering was great. And they said I should get it graded. And I know that would increase the value of it. But I'm kind of hesitant. And I'll give you a little story I heard recently. I was at that 80s toy shop here in Buffalo. And the owner, I'm not sure if he or someone he knew, had an axe from Demolition, LJN, on card. And he had sent it out to get graded. And he had asked if he could get the grade before they, you know, put it in the case and whatever. And I'm not sure what company does that, but they agreed. And they let him know that it graded at a 90. And in between that phone call and them putting it in the case, whoever was handling it dropped it and dented one of the corners. Now, they gave it the 90 grade. And they did the grading and everything on them because of what had happened. And that's just a nightmare story and why I'm hesitant to send out my Josh Allen rookie card because I'm afraid it would get damaged or lost. Just wondering how you guys feel about the subject. Great show as always. Love you guys. Take care. GBM, don't be scared at all, man, to do that. Send it in. Um, it's, it's probably a rare occurrence that those things do happen. You'll hear more positive stories than you do hear horror stories. You and I both cringed at that one. Oh, dude. That is a true, as GBM said, nightmare scenario. We're listening to your audio and we hear that Axe LJN just fall. Oh my God. What was it even doing off of the table? Like it's got to remain on a table. The box has to be opened on a table, must fillet open on a table. The LJN or whatever toy remains on that table, gets the white glove treatment, does not ever leave said table. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Why? Ugh. So many questions. <laughs> like, oh my gosh, you dropped a 90 axe. Wow. Just wow. And then to keep the grade and send it back in the case. I mean, even comping the thing, which that's the right thing to do, but now you've downgraded it. Right. It's almost like you need to send the dude a check. Oh, right, right. His money back or like a huge discount or something. Anyways. Well, I mean, he got the, they comped him the, the grading, but I'm saying for the money that they cost him, if he were to ever flip it. Um, right. And, and that's kind of where I was going to go with it. If you're not going to sell it, is the grading just for peace of mind? Or is the is the grading maybe you're going to determine that you'll sell it later? You're just not sure? The grading is for either A, I'm going to sell this right now, or B, I'm going to sell this in the future. One of the two. Right, right. And I don't ever flip figures, or I should say it's very rare that I ever do flip a figure. So grading to me, it's a moot point. I, I don't care. It's staying in my collection, pretty much going to go down to my kids. I, I don't care. I'm never, well... I flipped figures before, but dire financial situation. So dire financial situation aside, I'm not going to flip figures. So I'm not sending my stuff off for grading because God forbid they drop like the Macho King RSC exclusive Mattel or the the signed Kevin Von Eric Mattel legends. Like right. I'm showing up pitchfork torch, burn it to the ground. <laughs> I would be so <laughs> pissed, you know, but if you're flipping 
agree, Jeff, 100%. GBM, send in the card to get graded. Those those stories that you hear are so few and far between. If you're going to flip it, get it graded, add it back to your collection, flip it when the time is right. Dude, I was watching one of these videos. Um, it wasn't on TikTok, but it was like a... It was like this Facebook video that's similar to take TikTok or an Instagram thing or whatever. Anyways, this guy holds up a graded nine pack of cards. Now, in this, the possibility of a LeBron James rookie, they had okay. They had the pack graded, unopened pack that in a sealed case graded, not knowing what's inside. So there is the possibility of a LeBron James rookie, which I think the guy said goes for about 500K. Holy crap. So what was the pack? Because they did away with wax packs a long time ago, but LeBron's rookie season was what, 03? 02, 03, yeah. 02, 03, somewhere in there. So what was it, like a foil pack? It was a foil foil pack. Okay, So this guy paid $2,500 for this pack of cards that is graded at a nine in hopes to get a $500,000. I mean, like, this is gambling at its best, dude. Isn't that weird that you're paying for a graded pack of cards? Like, they're grading the foil wrap? I guess so, dude. Because <laughs> you obviously can't see the cards inside, so you can't grade the internal components of this pack. And the cards nowadays are on a whole different level. Like, Scott and I can't even begin to sit here and tell you we're experts at this. We just know that there's a lot of money behind these cards nowadays. Well, we went through the 80s card boom. We lived it. We were all about it. But at the current day, you're absolutely right, Jeff. But I think the card companies went in and figured out how to make these cards more valuable than what they were in the 80s. That's why we hit that crash of cards in the late eight, or excuse me, in the beginning of the 90s and stuff like that. There was just a glut. There were so many. So, like, it's, there's no point in us having to send in a Donruss pack to get graded. It's going to be, like, a graded Donruss 1987 pack is probably worth, like, $4 and stuff graded. <laughs> well, what's the most valuable card from our era? I'm going to guess it's the, the Upper Deck Ken Griffey Jr. rookie card, right? That would be my guess. It the Billy Ripken. Oh, the F-Face. Right. Or perhaps the Michael Jordan rookie. Oh, yeah, never mind. It's the Michael Jordan rookie. Good call. Well, that would be the basketball one. Baseball card, I think, would be the Griffey. Right. And football, I have no idea. So anyways, this guy opens up this graded nine <clears throat> basketball pack in hopes to get this LeBron James, right? Oh, he opened it. So he paid $2,500. Yes. Took it out of the sealed case. Yes. And ripped open the pack. Correct. He rips oh, it open. The first card is a Chris Weber. I think it was he was at the time he was playing for the Sacramento Kings. Okay. Second card was some dude I'd never heard of. Third card, some dude I'd never heard of. Fourth card, some dude I'd never heard of. And fifth card, uh, I forget who that was. He did not oh. get the LeBron James. So he paid $2,500 and did not get the LeBron James. Ouch. Dude. Like, the cards nowadays is on a whole different level, man. And I'll leave that to Eric and Barry. I'll leave that to GBM. I'll leave that to, you know, Mike the Cleaner. These guys are all experts on the cards nowadays. But, dude, I can't imagine dropping $2,500 in hopes 
to just get a LeBron James rookie. Now, granted, if you hit, you're the luckiest person in the world. But $2,500 is $2,500. Holy crap, man. Well, I remember opening two boxes of Upper Deck. I think it was Upper Deck 89 with you. Uh We literally opened two boxes. We got one Griffey. Correct. Those were hard pulls back then. We also bought, I think, three boxes of the 89 Fleer Wax Packs. Uh Uh-huh. Or it could have been 90. Maybe it was the 90 Upper Deck. Uh, Anyway, whatever. We bought two boxes of the Upper Decks, got one Griffey rookie card. We bought three boxes of the Fleers Wax Packs. Yep. Zero Billy Ripkins with the F face on his bat. We ended up paying $65 for that card. And how much is that card worth today? I have no idea. (laughs) But back in, I think it was 89 Fleer when we bought that card individually, it was like $60 or $65 at Haley's Comics in Hayward. That's where we bought it. And we paid 60 or 65 bucks for it. I have no idea what it's worth now. It's in a hard plastic case, not graded. But again, I wouldn't sell it. It has so much meaning to me because I remember sitting there with you opening those wax packs, hoping to get the Billy Ripken. Didn't show up, but whatever. But dude, when the last dance aired, I remember seeing on eBay, people were selling packs of, I now I don't even remember. I think it might've been Fleer. I don't remember what card company it was. People selling packs with the chance of a Michael Jordan rookie card pull. And they were up there like right in that same region of dollars that you were talking about with the LeBron James, like 2,500 to 5K for one pack of cards. It was insane. Okay. So just out of curiosity, I had to bring up Billy Ripken F face card. Now there are a bunch up there. Some are 99 cents. Starting bids. One is a $5.50. Oh my gosh. There is a graded 8.5 on eBay right now. That's $60 or best offer. Oof. But they had to get it graded. Yes, they had to get it graded. Okay. And see, that was a thing back in the 80s is those cards, they were so hit or miss on centering. The companies weren't the best about making sure things were centered. Sometimes you pulled a card that was already dinged on a corner. Right. Eh, It's whatever. That's just the chance you take of buying a a pack of cards back then. So I could see a card from back then getting straight pulled from a pack and getting an eight and a half right out of the gate. Okay. So I just had to look this up. There is a mint nine, graded nine, Ken Griffey Jr., that rookie card that sold. 90 or 89? 1989. It was 89 upper deck. Okay. It had 15 bids sold for $202.50 on January 20th. So just today, uh, sold for two hundred two fifty. Wow. A graded nine. Now that's the one with just his face on it. Correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so that's the rookie card. Wow, really? 200 bucks? That's it? That's it, dude. Wow. I thought it was worth more than that. Okay, so from our era, the Michael Jordan rookie is the most valuable card. Yes. Okay, got it. Could you imagine if Don West was still shilling sports cards today. <laughs> God bless him, man. He's battling some health issues. I'll tell you what, the mid-90s to me are defined by late night shop at home. You tune into shop at home at like midnight. They're just wrapping up the knife show where you could buy knives of all sorts. I think I bought that a few knives off that show. <laughs> I'm like, I've got to have this buck knife that has, I don't even know what on it. It's $100, yeah, sure, give me... 12 of them. No problem. 
had to do it. Great Christmas present for dad. But then followed by that, the great Don West and his amazing selling ability. Because I just had to have everything he was selling. He was the best. But if, if he could sell cards today, oh man. I would have him sell. If I was selling cards, he would be my spokesperson. 100%. Don West was the man. Okay, so another one sold today, Griffey Rookie Card. Now, it was in those cases that you and I had. Uh, sold today, not graded, $25. Ouch. Man, and that's what ours is. Ungraded, probably off-center if I had to guess. Maybe a little bit of a ding on the corner because it was pulled straight from a pack. Went right into a hard plastic case. But again, there the quality it was hit or miss in the 80s. Sometimes you could pull a card that was perfectly centered. Great corners but it's like an Eric Plunk, (laughs) you know? (laughs) And then you pull the one that's like completely off center, dinged corners, and that is your Mark McGuire rated rookie or Ken Griffey Jr. rookie card. You know what I mean? You know, when I woke up this morning, I did not think I would hear the name Eric Plunk, former pitcher of the Oakland Athletics. Who did? I'm here to surprise. You never know what's going to come out of my mouth. God, ain't that true? (laughs) I can work blue or I can give you some knowledge. (laughs) We don't know what's going to happen. Oh, GBM, send that card in, man. Don't even think twice Do about it. it. Do it. Do it. Because you know what's going to happen is Josh Allen is going to continue his greatness. And that card's just going to go up in price, up and up and up. So get it graded, dude. Don't even think twice about it. Thank you again, GBM. And thank you again for sending over that Fandango figure that I got autographed for you that I'm going to be sending back to you. So love you, GBM. You are truly a pillar in the Fig Life community. Absolutely. Scott, our next audio comes in from Justin Summers. Hello, Scott and Jeff. This is once again Justin Summers from Wrestling Cheers with my bi-weekly question. And uh, let's go with a food-related question. We all love junk food. We all have our favorites. But there is, you know, there's a candy that I feel like mostly everybody likes. And this candy has different flavors. So my question or questions for you is what is the best flavor of starburst and going along with that what's the worst flavor of starburst if you want to incorporate it you could rank them that's completely up to you for me the best is cherry i know a lot of people like strawberry i like strawberry with a lot of other things like when it comes to cherry cheesecake versus strawberry cheesecake i'll take strawberry cheesecake But there's something about Starburst that the cherry, I think, is better than strawberry. Now, I don't think any of the flavors are, you know, bad. But if I were were to rank them, you know, cherry's number one. I would put, surprising to some people, lemon number two. Then you got, for me, strawberry number three. And then orange number four. I think with orange, the thing... Or the reason that it it ranks the lowest for me is orange is kind of a basic flavor. I mean, does an orange Starburst taste different than an orange Skittle? Now, there could be a lot of flavorings with them that are very similar, but I think orange is just orange. I mean, I'll eat it. I wouldn't pass one up or throw it away, but it's just, you know, just kind of basic to me. And of course, we are going by the for original Starburst flavors, not any other, you know, tropical or whatever kind of flavors they have, just the basic four. So best, worst, and rank them if you want to. 
that will do it for me this week. I will take my answer off the air, and I heard Jeff will get spayed or neutered if the Bills lose this weekend. Later. You know, Justin, you already tried to burn the Bills once by saying that the Patriots weren't to beat him. Although he did text me and he said he was glad to be wrong on that pick. Oh, that was nice. Yes. That was, I'll tell you what though, that Mac Jones kid, he's going to be something one of these days, dude. Soda Hunter loves him because he's a former Bama quarterback. You can see it. He looks like a quarterback. When he's playing football, he looks like a quarterback. He's got poise. And I think he's going to be a big deal one of these days. He looks like he's a quarterback because he's actually playing quarterback. Because he's at the quarterback position and he throws the ball. Yes. 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 And hands it off too. <clears throat> yes, exactly. And- he looking like a man. <laughs> What's that from? That is from Mad TV. Mrs. Kwan. That's right. Thank you. Thank you. Um, Scott, I have to be honest. I don't even remember the last time I had a Starburst. I think I like the strawberry one, but what are yours? So we'll be uh, doing a little bit of role-playing here, Jeff. You will be playing the role of the great Jim Kelly. And I will be playing the role of the even greater Thurman Thomas. Okay. And you are going to hand off this candy football to me. <laughs> this candy be- football. <laughs> because, you <don't, laughs> because you don't eat candy. Right. And the last Starburst you ate was probably in the mid-2000s. Maybe? I'm sure your recollection of what Starburst tastes like would not be up to par with answering Justin's question. I do remember enjoying Starburst when I was younger, but I got nothing. I think I like strawberry. So that is actually my favorite Starburst flavor. And I can speak with some knowledge on this because I just ate a bunch of them at Halloween. Thanks to Peyton's <laughs> huge bag of candy that she got going out trick-or-treating. Strawberry is number one for me. And I actually have the same flavor in the second spot that Justin does. I have lemon in the number two number two spot. That's weird for me because normally cherry is always my favorite flavor. But with Starburst, I think it's a little off. Okay. And I actually put lemon at number two. Cherry would be number three. Orange would be number four. Much like Justin, I have orange pulling up the rear on the best Starburst. Although, I will point out that there are the bagged Starbursts that you can buy. And they have the all reds, which are basically, I think, fruit punch, cherry, and something else. Those are hella good. I'm going to really trigger some people here. M&M peanut candy sucks. Ooh. Hold on. Is that Shannon stomping up the stairs screaming? I'm sorry. I love you. I'm like Shawn Michaels at 24. <laughs> I'm sorry. I love you. Super kick a peanut M&M. I hate peanut M&Ms. Interesting. I love regular M&Ms and popcorn. So what you do, you have a bucket of popcorn. You cut the hole at the bottom of the popcorn, right? Uh, oh, wait. Sorry. <laughs> you get a bag. Of, <laughs> you get and here a bag- comes the 8.5. <laughs> god damn you that's hilarious no what you do is you get some popcorn you grab a couple m&ms so you get a couple pieces of popcorn get a couple pieces of regular m&ms pop them in you get sweet and salty absolutely delicious i love that you want to up your game a little bit what's that go caramel m&ms i've never tried caramel m&ms oh dude let me tell you sir (laughs) caramel m&ms it's like somebody milked an angel. It is <laughs> incredible. 
You'll have a caramel M&M. You'll not eat regular M&Ms unless that is the only flavor of M&M available to you. Now, my favorite candy of all time is Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. So naturally, I gravitated towards the peanut butter M&Ms. And I didn't think anything would ever trump the peanut butter M&M until the caramel M&M busted through the door like stone cold breaking glass <laughs> and stunnered my taste buds. I do not eat regular M&Ms, peanut M&Ms, peanut butter M&Ms. It's all about the caramel, dude. Try it. I know you don't eat a lot of candy. You're on a very specific diet. But when you have a cheat day, buy yourself a bag of caramel M&Ms. You'll thank me later. All right. And they're not they're not sponsoring the show. That's just a fat boy plug right there. I might do that while Celeste is gone. She's she's heading to Disney World, so I might just become Fat Boy Jeff while she's gone. Fine. Leave me. I'm going to eat caramel M&Ms. I'll show you. You go have fun in Disney World. I'm going to sit here and eat caramel M&Ms and work. You're going to come back, and I'm going to be on an episode of My 600-Pound Life because I'm eating caramel M&Ms. <laughs> Anyways, uh, Justin, thank you for your question. I, it was funny, too, because when Scott and I were listening to your question, I looked over at Scott, and Scott's, like, shaking his head like, oh, yeah, this question's all for me. <laughs> we're talking candy, baby. I love it. <laughs> Uh, Justin, we love you over here. Scott, last question of the week comes in from Josh Thompson. Hey, Jeff and Scott, JT here back with that bi-weekly question. This week, I wanted to ask you guys, what's one of your favorite Iron Man performances in a Royal Rumble? While I like Rey Mysterio's performance in 06 Rumble, two I feel deserve more credit is Edge in 21 and Ziggler in 13. Edge going coast to coast in the 21 Rumble was awesome to me because of the fact that this is the same Edge that told us he wouldn't be able to wrestle again a while back. Seeing Edge not only come back in 20, but him winning the thing from the number one spot in 21 was an awesome surprise. As for Ziggler, his Rumble performance reminded me a lot of Shawn Michaels in 2000's Rumble performances doing everything he can to stay in the ring after going over the rope, trying to eliminate whoever is in his way. And then when he did eventually got eliminated, he did an amazing job selling it. Uh, I'm going to say road dog of 2000, where he just hugged the bottom rope. <laughs> that was an amazing performance. I'm going to say the bushwhacker that whacked his way to the ring. <laughs> bushwhacker Luke <laughs> whacked his way into the ring <laughs> was grabbed by the head by Earthquake, thrown over the top rope, and bushwhacked his way all the way back to the locker room. I've got to say, I love Santino Morella. Santino was great. But to me, that bushwhacker moment was one of the funniest moments in the early 90s. It was rare you got any comical wrestling in those days. We still remember it. We still talk about it. We still love it. It was that memorable. Santino, I think it's Santino that holds the record. Or is there somebody else? I might be drawing a blank on somebody else, but it's that bushwhacker moment that will always be the greatest, shortest rumble entrant ever. For me, for an Iron Man moment, it's got to be Ray in 2006. It was one of those things Eddie had passed just a couple months previous, and you started to think, okay, Ray's starting to get some heat. Are they actually going to pull the trigger and have him win this thing to go on to WrestleMania for a title match? It would be cool if they did that, and it would be great homage to Eddie, but does WWE or WWF really have the stones to go through with something like that? Ray had the fans behind him. He came in. He Ironmaned it. He won the thing and went on to WrestleMania to become heavyweight champion. It was such a great story, and it was such great homage to the great Eddie Guerrero. 
that that one to me that takes the cake two that come to my mind is ray in 06 and sean in 95 those are the two that stick out in my head as far as like iron man performances there have been memorable moments in rumble history but as far as iron man performances sean and ray definitely for me yeah sean was great in 95 dude I'll never yeah. forget that spot where Davy Boy thought he had tossed him and went to celebrate and Sean dumped him. And you're like, yep. oh crap, did they just have a heel win this thing? Ah, damn it. It, it was great though. It was so good. Because Sean was the perfect opponent for Diesel at WrestleMania. Yep, absolutely. I still like when Diesel beat the crap out of Virgil in the 94 Rumble and then just dumped him. <laughs> that was still one of my favorite Rumble moments too, next to the Bushwhacker. After taking the Virgil bullet, that's also my favorite moment <laughs> in Royal Rumble history. Oh, the Rumble's coming up, by the way. I'm looking forward to it. I am too. You know, I've I've made my stance perfectly clear on the show. You know, current day product, eh, not really floating the boat. However, I am excited about the Royal Rumble. It's always this time of year when, you know, you really start to get pumped about the upcoming WrestleMania season. Royal Rumble kicks that off. So it's... It's one of those things I'm excited to watch the event. Uh, may have a few drinks during it. Going to be hanging out with some people. It's going to be fun to watch. And, you know, I've, I've been like, okay, what's going to get me into the current day stuff? It could be the Rumble. You know, they may pull a huge shocker that's like, oh, man, I got to start watching again. You know, so we'll see. Maybe it'll be the Rumble that sparks me again. But until then, we must close out the show. We want you guys to check out WrestlingToyTracker.com. Over there, they have the last three-month average of carded and loose LJN's gloops, Hasbro's Just Always Bendems, Defining Moments, Retros, and that's it. But over there, you can, if you're in the hunt for any of those, you can find the carded and loose prices for those figures. So again, WrestlingToyTracker.com. Also, we want you to check out our buddies Breaker and Bane. They do the Power Hour where they have wrestling talk, general talk, movie talk, everything under the sun. By the way, did you see Moon Knight is now getting a movie, Scott? Yes, I did. Dude, in two or three days, Moon Knight just encompassed my life. <laughs> are you are you excited about the movie? Or it's just one no, that kept I... getting mentioned and Norm needed the figure. Then you saw a trailer. Yeah, Norm wanted the figure. Then the next day, Sean and Eric are talking about Moon Knight. I'm like, what is this thing? This is like wrestling to me. Like, what is this? Why is this happening all of a sudden right now? And then when I was watching the Monday night game between the Rams and the Cardinals at halftime, they were showing a Moon Knight trailer. And I'm like, oh, my God, <laughs> I'm I'm being encompassed and encircled by Moon Knight. And I don't right. approve. Right. So I have no idea what this thing is. But anyways, yeah, and I can't pretend like I know about Moon Knight because I honestly grew up a DC kid with a little bit of Marvel sprinkled in. Right. That little bit of Marvel was some X-Men Spider-Man, Hulk, Captain America, and Punisher. A little bit of Venom and Deadpool as well. So I was way more of a DC kid than I was a Marvel kid. So Moon Knight is beyond me. I know nothing about Moon Knight. Will you watch it? Oh, for sure. Yeah, oh, okay. I'll definitely check it out. But we also want you to check out Breaker and Bane's Power Hour. Also check out Breaker's side projects. You know it's fake, right? And T. B Toycast with Travis Fowler. Speaking of Travis Fowler, he joined Eric and Barry to do a watch along on doing the favor this past week. So check that out as well. Has and Bill those... Venus gone after Travis yet? 
dude, Bill Benis goes after everybody, but he doesn't know he's going after everybody. Hmm. It's like one of those, like, he says things, but I don't think he understands. His words carry weight, just like he does. Maybe he also enjoys caramel M&M's. <laughs> we'll have to ask Bane to see what Benis's favorite M&M is. You know what Benis rhymes with? Um, pretzel M&M's? Exactly. Well done. Thank you. But... <laughs> You can check out that show as well, but we also want you to check out doingthefavor.com. Also, Positively Pro Wrestling Podcast, we're recording the night before their next show drops, so I'm not sure what their show is, but you know what? Each show is a banger, so go check out the Positively Pro Wrestling Podcast with my good buddy Steve. Also, a fun show to listen to is the Chick Foley Show with Sheena, Seth, and Marco over there. You heard Justin earlier. You can check him out on Wrestling Cheers, where he talks about AIW. You can check out RJ over at Ringside Rant. Our good buddies, Rucker and Marty at Boots of the Face. Tim is constantly pulling up a chair with the Fig Life. And Scott, what you got for Drunk Wrestling History? Yes, give us a follow on Twitter at Wrestling underscore Drunk. The show that dropped this past Friday was about the Nexus. All versions of the Nexus, kind of their history. So give it a listen if you were into the Nexus. And if you weren't into the Nexus, check out some of our older episodes. I'm sure you'll enjoy them. We're actually going to be recording our Valentine's Day episode, the day of the Rumble. That's always a lot of fun. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. I think you guys will enjoy it because we're drunk wrestling history. We're not always accurate, but we're always drunk. Okay, I'm about to trigger some other people. I hated the Nexus. So... uh, Did you hate them because maybe they weren't booked properly or did you hate them because they were just flat to you? They just didn't do anything for you. A little from column A and a little from column B. Yeah. I think that that hurt them, right? I think that SummerSlam match ultimately lost. I think that did a lot to derail what Nexus could have been, but we get into that on the show. You can definitely check out drunk wrestling history But uh, you're not wrong about that, Jeff. I think ultimately that SummerSlam match was kind of, it wasn't the nail in their coffin because they went on to do some stuff, but they could have been more. Right. And I think Cena even admits that he messed up on the Nexus because Edge and I forget who the other person was. Jericho. Jericho. They were trying to talk Cena out of winning that. They were like, dude, you're going to. You're going to hurt this. It's bad for business. Cena's like, you're trying to create opponents for the future. Here's your chance. Right, right. Yep. Yeah, so anyways, uh, I'll still check it out because drug wrestling history is a lot of fun, so I'll check that out. Thank you. Also, check out our buddies, Marty and Sarah Love Wrestling, and every single day, Ryan Buds does trivia. Buds, Scott, roll call. Yes, going to throw it out to Jason Wolf. Head over to his website, Doyle Draws. That's D-O-Y-L-E Draws.com. Check out his artwork where you can get in touch with the man himself and commission yourself some amazing artwork. You can also check out his chop shop where he does custom Hasbro figures. I touched on him earlier. I've got my Road Warriors boxed up beautifully in my entertainment center in the man cave. Love those Road Warriors. Check out all of the cool customs he's done. DoyleDraws.com and Jeff, that rounds out roll call. By the way, dude, did you know that Taco Bell has zero sugar Baja Blast? Well, because those are the calories you're looking to save. You're eating at Taco Bell. Well... Okay, so I got a protein bowl the other day from Taco Bell. I see. Okay. And they had zero sugar Baja Blast. Dude, Baja Blast 
this is everything I've been waiting for in my whole life. It's the Cadillac of sodas. <laughs> Lexus, Lamborghini, everything, dude. Yes, it's it's the high end vehicle, the oh, Rolls Royce, if you will, from Wrestling Classic '85 of sodas. <laughs> oh my God, that thing is good. Holy crap, dude. No, and you you know what? I, I was just totally joking with you, but yes, no, it's good that they've got those healthier options. Because yes. why not, right? Like they've got the fat boy menu that I'm looking for. But then somebody like you who's like totally fit, in shape, works out the whole bit, they've got food for you too. Yeah. Um, and also on the protein bowl on the app, you can add the jalapeno sauce that I love that they put inside the quesadillas. You can Ooh. add that you can add that to the protein bowl, dude. Oh, I'm in seventh heaven with that stuff. Nice. That avocado ranch sauce is really good too. I suggest yes. that one. That one is delicious. Yep, and don't forget, folks, if you're really looking to fat boy it up, take it from me because I took Justin's, Justin Summers' advice. If you're getting a burrito, add potato. Life-changing. <laughs> Taco Bell, add potato to your burrito. Baja Blast to drink. Hit 7-Eleven on the way home. Caramel M&Ms. That's my story, and I'm sticking to it. Well, while Celeste is gone, I'm going to be doing that. So, Scott, for episode 314, anything else? Stay safe, stay healthy, fig life since 2016, and happy toy hunting. And I want to thank everyone for listening to episode 314, hashtag fig life. Adios. Let's go! Jeff and Scott, the Tomb Brothers, busting out the ring. But we don't take it out the box, MOC. Happy toy hunting, we'll see you next week. With the OGs of WFP. Fully posable, thank you all for listening. It ain't no storyline, real life siblings. So everybody go and do your toy spotting. Hashtag Fig Life, adios from the Kings.